Let me start there at verse 7. Those who are able to stand in honor and read them God's word, if you can do so, please. The word of God says, Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our consolation. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death so that we would rely not only on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He who rescued us from so deadly a peril will continue to rescue us. On him we set our hope that he will rescue us again. As you also join in helping us by your prayers so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, if you help me announce this subject matter to your neighbor, tell them loss of hope. We find here, Paul opens up to them that he does not want them to be ignorant or unaware of the afflictions of the struggles that they have gone through. Speaking of that, can somebody here testify that there's some people in here that you would like them to be no, to know <laughs> some of the problems and the struggles that you're going through? But it was by the grace of God that you made it through. Is there somebody here that can testify? There's been some times you came crying home at night just wondering how you're going to make it. But you were glad that there was somebody out there praying for you that solicited and helped you out and came by your side. If you can testify to that, then you might be able to be in the seat where Paul is sitting right now to say, I don't want y'all to be ignorant of what's going on in my life. There's been some struggles. There's been some trials. There's been some tribulations. There's been some problems. But I found out. I found out that when I reach my limits, I found there's our God that has no limits. Right, right there in the text, he points out to them that our hope, uh, speaking of him and those who are with him, is, is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our consolation. Oh, the joy of Christian fellowship to knowing that when I can share you my troubles, you'll share them with me. And then when I share you my joys, you can share that with me. I had a friend that said, used to say, say, uh, say this, that trouble shared is troubled half. And joy shared is joy double. Anybody here want their troubles halved? Isn't it good to know that you got brothers and sisters of Christ that you can share them your, your problems, your issues, and, and they can lift you up in prayer and not tear you down. And, and in this view, Paul is able to point them as he is looking to the God of comfort. Y'all, y'all see that right there in the text, right? To the God of comfort. He is excited about that. Look how he opens up the letter to them. And, and verses 2 through 4 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able, because someone say able, to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Can I help somebody that's not understanding what's going on? You are not comforted just to be comfortable, but you are being comforted so that you might be able to comfort somebody else. 
And so when someone's saying nobody knows the troubles I've seen, nobody knows my sorrows, then you say, well, you need to talk to Jesus. Because Hebrews writer says that he knows everything that we're going through. That's why he's the perfect high priest. And catch this. That's why he surrounded us with brothers and sisters in Christ that we can go to them too and tell them about our issues. Because I guarantee you might find out that you're not the only one going through what you're going through. Now, everybody experiences pain differently, yes. Uh, everybody does not grieve and mourn the same way, but everybody got the same God that we can turn to, who's the God of all comfort, who we need to place our hope in. So what does it mean to know the God of comfort? It is to understand that the comfort Paul is speaking of comes not to make us just to stand by and say, I made it through, but to in, in, encourage us to f- help others who might be facing the same trials and the tribulations, not just any tribulations, not just any trial, but for Christ's sake. Can I make that clear? Because sometimes we go through troubles and we want God to bail us out, but sometimes that's our own mess. And sometimes you got to deal with your own mess. But I guarantee that if God has put you in a position, I guarantee God can move you through to get you where he wants you to be. See, even the Holy Spirit is called the comfort. Is not the Holy Spirit able to comfort us, to come alongside by us? To come alongside somebody means not to leave them, but to be with them. And, and so glad what I'm trying to point out to us that when God is comforting us, he's not comforting us to leave us, but he's comforting us to be with us and to deliver us and to see us through. That's why we find when Jesus was tempted and he went into the wilderness, if you look closely in the Gospel of Mark, it says that the Holy Spirit took him in the wilderness. And you look closely and look up that word of when it moved, it says to cast out, to throw out. And, and the thing is, it's, it's a forceful thing that took him into the wilderness, but yet it was a spirit that took him in. It was a spirit that took him out. What I'm going to point out to you that if you're going through something, Turn to God who can bring you through what you're going through. Paul realized that his afflictions, trials, and tribulations were for a good reason. Mm. He shares this with the saints and comforts them with this hope. When we know the God of all comfort, we know that God allows us to suffer, but is able to deliver us from all harm. Paul also says that the suffering he is facing for Christ's sake also comes with comfort from God. The more suffering, the more the comfort. The more the suffering, the more the comfort. Look what he says. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. <laughs> I, I, I just love how our God is always in the abundance. I've come to give you life more abundantly. <laughs> I will open up the windows, pour you out a blessing. You won't have room for it. That's abundance. The Lord is my shepherd, right? He pours my cup and it overflow and overrun it, right? That's more abundantly. We serve a God that blesses us over and over continuously. Help me cry. Can't you see? <laughs> He's blessing me right now. So we see that he is in the blessing business of helping us more and more the more we need him. 
And so as we see here, the comfort we gain should enable us to comfort others going through the same trials and the tribulations. Can I help somebody out? You might know someone that's, that's suffering what you're suffering. You suffered a loss of a mother, of a brother, of a son, and they need someone that's been through that to show them how to get through that. I, it'd be hard for me to give you words to say when I haven't lost my mother and you lost yours. Because you can find some people, how, they, how you know, they don't know what you're going through. When they say this, it's going to get better. Don't cry so hard. It's going to be all right. And, and when they say this stuff, the other person trying to be nice, but say, you, 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 you're happy. I, I'm sad because you really don't understand what happened, do you? How's it going to get better when my mama's gone? Nothing's going to change that fact. So every day I wake up, want to call my mom, I'm going to be reminded there's no one to call. But you find somebody that's been through what you've gone through, they help you out, saying, baby, in those times, that's when you call on God. And God will give you the strength to comfort you in the time of the trouble. You notice what the person will tell you, that the trouble won't go away, but God will be there. What I want us to understand that when God comforts us, he does not remove the pain. He just enables us to endure the pain. But when you don't have hope in him, you give up. And you just settle that this is the best it's going to get. That's what they say. That's why I say it's going to get better. I mean, like, it's, 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 it's okay now. It might get a little bit better. But basically, they're not trying. They're just saying words that people are, they think are supposed to say. I, I, I want to help people out that don't go by trying to say what you think people want you to say. Go by what you have experienced personally by God and share that with them. And if you have not experienced, then sit there and be quiet. Take a message from Job's friends. They don't know what Job was going through, so they would say a whole bunch of nonsense. That at the end of all they talking and jabbering, God told him to pray for them and make a sacrifice for them. Job had encouraged them because they were wrong. But look who encouraged Job. God did. What does that mean? That means that God knew what he was going through. God encouraged them through it and blessed them through it. Which means that God is the God of all comforts. And so when we are comforted by his grace and his mercy, it's that it enable us to help our brothers and sisters the same way. As, as you may be currently going through a problem and a circumstance, just as Paul, that think about some of the circumstances some of us might be going through. You may have lost a loved one. You are fired or laid off from your job or you're just simply struggling trying to make ends meet that what I call G-O-B, just over broke. Every time you get a check, you have to pay. You're just over broke. You're barely making. You barely got a dollar to your name. And the only reason why you got $25 in the checking account because you got to have that to have that account open. Struggling, just trying to make a wondering how you're going to make it through. Look at Paul. Did not Paul say he felt that way? Oh, he said it it was so heavy upon us that we felt like we had the death sentence. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm going to encourage some people that when we lose hope, this is what's happened, that we become so desperate, we start thinking of death. 
Here's something that might wake somebody. I don't want to scare anybody, but I just want you to be aware of this, that sometimes we talk about other people having suicidal thoughts. And we talk about when they say how they're going to harm or hurt themselves. But do you know these are also suicidal thoughts when you go home and sit down by yourself and you say this? I wonder if people will miss me. If I was gone, they'll be mad. Those are suicidal. Those are times when you start thinking that you're worthless, you're worth nothing, and you start wondering, do anybody appreciate you? Does anybody care about you? So you say, well, one way to find out if I'm gone. Those are suicidal thoughts. Those are loss of hope. Those are times of despair. When Paul was in time of despair, when he realized they did all that they could to preserve their lives and realized they could not preserve their lives, what did he say? He said, we cast our hope in God. You see how he's encouraging us now? says, see what I went through? And because what I went through, I found this out, that our God is able to deliver us. And, and look, look, look at the record of God. He, he said he did it in the past. He'll do it in the present, and he'll do it in the future. See, that's why we have hope. Because our God is the same God today as he was yesterday, and he will be tomorrow. The reason why we have hope, because he is the Alpha and the Omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. And the reason why we have hope, because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, which means he knows how the story is going to end. Which also means I'm so glad that he's writing my life story and not somebody else. Anybody can testify that he knows the plans for you? That's why we like this word hope, because in Jeremiah 29, 11, right, we like that there's times of prayer, but he has plans of hope for us, of prosperity. Oh, we get excited when someone starts speaking that to us. And say, yeah, my God got hope for me. Yeah, he got plans of prosperity. Why? Because our God wants what's best for us. And so when we are encouraged, we should but encourage others. God, God shows us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering. That he is able. We, we won't know how great his love is till we know how great we suffer for him. Think about how Paul says the greater our affliction, the greater the comfort. Think about how when you are in pain, you want greater medicine to take care of that pain. So the worse the pain, the stronger the medicine. We know that medicine runs out, right? You got to take some more. You got to take some more. You got to take some more. But our God realizes that my grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. We find out that no matter what we're going through, just as it increases, our God can match it. Anybody ever watch those gambling shows or those gambling movies, right, when the guy puts it all in and they, oftentimes there's one that's bullying the pot because they got more money than everybody else and they put it all in. They want to raise it up saying you can't cover it because I'm trying to take everything that you got. Sometimes we feel like that in life that we have been all in, but we don't have enough to cover what's there. But God will come alongside and say, I got you. It's all on me. And we know he's never lost the case. And so when we know this, look, look how we can be encouraged by this hope in our Lord. 
Psalm 35 says, For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime, but weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. That, that psalm does not stop there. If you keep on reading, it goes on that you turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You, take, you have taken away my clothes of mourning, clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Think about how our trials, our afflictions, our troubles, our issues only reveal to us the goodness of God that he will turn our sadness into gladness or turn our mourning into joy. That we will go from weeping to dancing and singing and shouting. Because we can see that look what he's brought me through. This will help you to point to others that hope is not lost. Because my hope is in him. Because hope is always alive because God's alive. This faith, this trust, or this hope we have. Because you see, in New Living Translation, says they place their confidence in him. That same word is, is always translated hope majority of the time. But, but that yet, I want us to understand the biblical perspective of hope is not a wish. Many times when someone says hope, for example, I hope you win, I hope you do this. Basically, they're saying, I wish you luck. They're saying this, like, there's a probability you might fail. There's a probability it will not work out the way you like it. But I hope that the odds are in your favor. Any Hunger Game people in here? They, they thinking that if this will work out in my favor. But when I say I hope, that means this, that I am standing on the biblical promise of God, that I place my confidence in him. His yes is always yes. His no is always no. There's no division among him. If he say it, it's going to be done. He is not the son of man that he shall lie, nor the son of man, that he shall repent. Will he not say, and will he not do? And so when I say I hope, I'm saying this, that my confidence is in God, that it's going to work out. Hope is the expectancy of something good to happen. And when something good happens, that means God's behind it. Because God is good. Yes, he is. For our hope is in God. Who brings us comfort in the face of our trials and our problems. May we continue to put our hope in God even while we are facing affliction. Trials or tribulations in our life. This affliction we suffer should not deter us, but encourage us, as it did Paul. In view of his afflictions for the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul opens up this letter praising God who comforts him more as he is afflicted. Here's a question for you. Do you know the depths of God's love? You want to find out? Think how much you are willing to suffer for his name's sake. Because the more you suffer, the more of his love you will know. You will know how great is his love. When you know the depths of his love, then you will, you will be in position as Paul as he writes to the saints, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Think about how, how, how when, we, when we have a special friend. Anybody got a special friend? And when you have that special friend, you, you, you weep when you talk about that special friend. Because how much you love that special friend. And the reason why you love that special friend, oftentimes they did something very special for you. 
They made a sacrifice for you or they helped you get into position that you wanted to be in. They did something special that when you start thinking about how much you love them, that you tell people, you don't know how much I love my friend. Because of the deep and the depth of that relationship you have with them. Can I under, want to, to point out to us and help us to understand that the deeper you go with God, the deeper you will know, have your love for him. You can't have love on the surface. We got too many surface Christians. Surface Christians are this. As long as things are going well, I'll praise him. But as soon as things start getting deep, I, I got to walk away. You want to know how, how deep somebody is? You can tell by their shout. Because the longer they shout and the louder they shout, you can tell God brought them through something. But somebody's going to say, thank you, Lord. You wonder what you're thanking them for. But when someone says, thank you, Lord, you just join in with, thank you, Lord. Because you realize, I know that praise. I know the depth of that kind of thank you. When you've been with someone, help me somebody else, you, when you've been with someone who lost a loved one, you sit, see them cry, have you ever been moved to sit down and cry with them? Because you know that pain, you know the depths of that pain, you can agree with that pain. But when somebody just comes out and they say, oh God is okay, you don't agree with them. Because you've been to the depths that you know that my God is more than okay. Because there have been some times when I didn't know what to do. I was lost. I was all by myself. But the God of all comfort, the God of mercies, delivered me then. And I know he'll deliver me again. He's able to bless and deliver us from all harms. Paul's afflictions were, were not light but heavy upon him. He even goes to the length to make sure that they understood that he felt like he was going to die. But let us look how Paul was encouraged. Said he placed his hope in God. Paul realized that he could not do anything, but he knew who could. Death was facing him, but he turned who has defeated death. Therefore, they put their trust, their hope, their confidence in God who raises the dead. How good is it to know that the troubles you face have been defeated by your God? Death is what we fear, but he has defeated death. That is why we have hope. And this hope is in the resurrection. This awesome power of the resurrection of this doctrine is God's power over death. We, we can see in Deuteronomy 32, 39, it says, See now that I myself and he, there is no God beside me. I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal. And no one can deliver you out of my hand. Or, or maybe you might be thinking about Ezekiel. Ezekiel, when he had his vision about the valley of the dry bones, God looked at him and asked him, son of man, can these bones live? He said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Because he understood that in the face of death, God, you're the only one that can bring forth life. That's why when we place our hope in him, we, we realize just as Abraham that we want to be like our father Abraham of many nations. Look what it says here, Romans 4, chapter 17, 18. says, in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. And hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which has been spoken. So shall your descendants be understand what happened. What Abraham believed that his wife, who had a dead womb, that God could put life in what was dead. Y'all see the equation? 
He saw death in front of my wife. She's almost 100 years old, and she's supposed to give birth to a son, been barren all this time, never had a child yet. I got plenty of children from these maids, but yet my wife is supposed to have a child, and her womb is dead. So he had hope against her. What's the saying here in layman's term that he realized in human's understanding and scientific limitations that this is not physically possible, but yet he knew the supernatural that can do the supernatural and so he did not put his hope in man but he put his hope in God and he realized that God can speak those things that do not exist and make them to exist. Can I go back a little bit further in Genesis when there was nothing but the void and God's confidence of his presence when he spoke let there when while he was on the syllable let things started becoming what was not to exist to be what he said. So this hope came also by the aids of the prayers of the saints. You see that there? He was encouraged that because my hope is in the Lord. It does not disappoint. Romans 5 and 4 says, because God is poured out into love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. God is mighty to say when Paul felt as he had death sentenced, that death was ahead of him. He recalled who has defeated death and speaks life. Indeed, we have the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Anybody here glad that God raises the dead? Who delivered us from such a great peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. This hope came also by the aid of the prayers and of the saints. Paul knows this and he celebrates this and he thanks this. For he knows that the officious prayer of the righteous availed much. Paul understood this and he pointed out to them that why he asked them to pray for him. And he believed they were praying for him. And he says, by God's grace and mercy, your prayers brought me through. Anybody here are grateful that someone's praying for you? And when you think about how people are praying for you, they're praying for your life. They're praying that you might have peace, you might have joy. And, and the beautiful thing about prayer, prayer is not a space filler. Prayer is not a request line. Sometimes we need to watch how we pray. Sometimes we pray and we tell God what to do. Just think about it. You, you get mad at your children telling you what to do. So how are you going to be the child of God? You're going to tell God what to do. God, I want my dinner now. God, I want to do this now. God's looking at you like, what you want? You're going to get what I'm going to give you. And you better watch out because I might give you my wrath. Watch out, somebody. And so when we know the God of hope, we surrender and we submit to his will, understanding, just as Paul did, that this affliction, I would not like to go through this affliction, but I'm willing to go through this affliction because I'm doing it for my God. And the more I am afflicted, the more I am comforted. And the more I am comforted, the more prayers I need. And the more prayers I need, the more mercy and grace I need. And I'm so glad that God keeps on giving us more. And can I give us in this conclusion about how we should never lose hope? In the Hebrews writer, he writes how we have this great mediator. <clears throat> this great mediator is, is sort of like what we would call a lawyer. One that can try a case and try to get you off from your verdict. And the verdict that you are standing against, just as Paul said, is death. 
You are facing a death sentence. Evidence has mounted up against you, and you feel all hope is lost. You know that there's a grave being buried for you right now, and you know the tombstone's being set right now. You know your birth year and about to inch in and scribe in your end year, but you're hoping before all that is said and done that you might find life in the midst of death. Am I talking to somebody here? And do you understand this mediator is better than Johnny Cochran? This mediator is better than any uh, lawyer you can think of. This mediator is a great high priest, the king of kings, the host of hosts, some known as the lily in the valley, the bright in the morning star, the lamb that was slain and rose again. He was pierced on, on in the side. Well, I'm talking only about Jesus, by the name of Jesus. Everybody shall be saved. And this great media is standing on our behalf, interceding on our behalf, talking to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is speaking to God, our Father, the God of comfort and mercy, saying, Lord, have mercy on them. Bring them through. They put their faith in me, and I'm so glad that on Christ, the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Place your hope in him. And he's going to deliver you through. He's in a city for you right now. He can bring you through. And the beautiful thing is, what you're going through right now, he can bring you through. What you're going to face in tomorrow, he can bring you through. Don't fear death. He has defeated death. You know he's the life and the resurrection. And how do I know? How do I know? Because my Bible tells me so. And this is one thing I love about this. The enemy wants you to think that your life is over. The enemy wants you to think you need to give up hope now. You might as well die. But you need to let the enemy know that death has no hold on me. Because he rose up from the grave. And is seated at the right hand of the Father. And one of these days, good God from Zion. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be a trumpet. He's going to come. And we're going to be with him. And death will be defeated. That's why hope's alive. So there's no reason to lose hope. Because we know how the story ends. He's going to work it out on our, on our behalf. So do you have hope? Do you have hope? Let's pray. Lord, we come. We come, oh God. Grateful, God, that our hope is in you. Grateful, God, that all who call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Grateful, God, that you are faithful and just to forgive us. Lord, we surrender our lives to you right now. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know you. Father, we thank you, O God, you revealed yourself today. That they might know you, repent and be baptized, and celebrate the gift of your Holy Spirit in their lives. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing right now in us. Lord, forgive us for times that we have given up hope. But Lord, we found you in the midst of our darkness. Know that you're able to deliver us from it all. Father, we ask to move in our hearts as we surrender unto you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. May we rise that we send a hand.